Hello, this is Liv Peterson from Starting Up Now. Thanks for joining us today on Cam MP Shift. In this podcast, I have the opportunity to interview L. Brian Jenkins, author of No More Nonprofits, Moving from Dependency to Sustainability. In this episode, we will discuss the 70-30 principle and why it is vital in your success as a business owner. Take a listen and hope you enjoy Cam NP Shift. Hello, Brian. Welcome. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 7, Another Way, the 70-30 Principle. And in starting off our episode today, I want to ask the question, what is the 70-30 Principle, and when did it become relevant to you in your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, the 70-30 Principle was something, it was not a strategy that I set out on. It was something that evolved over time. And essentially what it is, is that we were able to do two things. One, we were able to earn our earned income, meaning funds that came in from services that we provided through book sales, programs, teaching, trainings. It became the majority of how we generated revenue and only about 30% came through donations. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me greater levels of control in the sense of I wasn't necessarily dependent upon a donor to tell me when I could operate a program. So I would literally go to a school, let's, you know, ABC school, and let's say the program costs $10,000. I would go to the school and I would say, I could find a donor that could cover some of the costs of that. And if they could generate, you know, let's say 50, 50%, that was a much easier solution for me to be able to earn the revenue, but also go back to the donor and say, hey, this school values our skills, our programs, and they're going to put some skin in the game too with their cash. Looking back, I can say that's what we started to see. The other element of that too is that when it came to expenses, I oftentimes found that with that same kind of principle, that if I kept expenses down to around 30%, and revenue up around 70%, meaning that we try to run all of our operations at at where the operational costs for all the fixed costs, meaning your your rent, your salaries, all those types of things that it takes to run the organization, kept, I try to keep them at around 30 to 35%. What we found is that foundations, and a lot of times when they're evaluating you for funding, they wanna see where you're spending your money. You know, so they're looking at your 990, they're looking at your financials that you have to submit. And if they see high level of operational expenses, that's a problem. That means oftentimes that there are some, there might be some things out of kilter that you have to bring back to figure out how to run the organization. So I found that when I was able to have higher levels of earned income, less donor dollars, and also lower expenses. And essentially being able to put back into the programs, that became a principle that led to our success. And when you talk about lowering your expenses, in the book, you actually give practical steps Mm -hmm. on how you can audit your organization and create revenue. So can you kind of walk us through those practical steps? Yeah. One of the key things is time. And, and, and my staff, you, mm-hmm. they hate this, <laughs> and but it but it's important is that we would do a time audit. And a time audit is simply every 30 minutes, we would ask the staff to track what they were spending their time on. 
And, you know, so every 30 minutes they would stop, write down if they're in a meeting, if they're working on a program, you know, whatever it was, they were traveling, whatever it is, they would track that time. And what we found is that we were spending a ton of time in meetings. We were not always spending enough time on the programs. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that it's a challenge, you know, to do that. There's practical ways. I mean, literally, we just had a simple Excel spreadsheet and we would chart that time out. But it was old fashioned. Write down what you're doing with that time. We would then go back and evaluate where that staff time was going. And it's really accountability because, you know, you really need to be able to track how you're using the time that you have for the organization. And that allows you to better understand where your expenses are. So it goes back to that 30 percent principle of expenses, because the biggest expense in most organizations is salary, salaries and benefits. But being able to track where people are spending their time, you know, is oftentimes a direct correlation to how you operate. So when it comes to time and tracking your time, what are the biggest mistakes nonprofits make when it comes to this? And what are some of the mistakes you made in the past figuring this out? Sure. The challenge I had was knowing where my time was being spent. Essentially, when I was working as like an instructor, I would bill my time out hourly. Mm -hmm. And so I could always track by submitting the invoice to the client of how many hours, you know, I was teaching, you know, for that school or that organization. The challenge becomes is that when you're doing educational training, like, for example, my wife is a public school teacher. Well, when she's teaching a lesson, there's a lot of prep time that goes towards that actual lesson. And so the one thing that I did not do um, effectively when I first started, I was only charging for the time that I was spending in front of the students, not all the prep time, you know, that went in to getting ready for that lesson. Mm. So when you look at it, if I was teaching for an hour, it was really probably at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half of prep time. But I was only initially charging the client for that hour. Mm. So when you start tracking your time, I realized that for every hour long lesson, it was really three hours, three, you know, an hour and a half of prep, two hours, depending on the lesson, and then an hour where you're directly in front of the students. So you have to look at and be able to say, you know, there's administrative time, but there's also time in front of your client, in my case, students, that must be factored in when you're costing out and doing your budget. Mm. I just wasn't tracking that. We found out where we were losing on the prep and the administration versus the direct delivery in front of the client. Along with tracking your time and keeping track of that, you give practical steps on how your organization creates revenue. So can you walk us through some of those steps? Yeah, one of the things that we have to do is do a comparison of the previous year's budget. So most of the software that we use nowadays, a simple report called budget versus actuals. What was the budget or the planned, the forecast, and then what the actual income was for that year? And oftentimes that's one of the things that a a good tool, if you do budget, which is another story, and that budget is often based on the previous year's operation. Mm. So you can kind of see what did you do last year versus, you know, what's your forecast for this year? And the greater level of history, the more years of operation, you're able to, to determine what that can be. 
those resources, those, you know, those income sources for revenue, they don't always stay the same. You know, one year you may have greater levels of sales and books. Maybe you have greater levels of sales and training. Like, for example, we're coming out of COVID. So mm. anybody that was, for the most part, in a face-to-face trainings, um, you know, with, you know, with, with clients, they took a hit, you know, because you were not able to meet with your clients, provide those services. But this is an anomaly because we don't expect that to continue to happen. So there's going to be a little blip, a significant dip. But that's going forward. You can probably say, hey, you're not going to be at the previous levels right away. But you also can be able to look at those levels and say, hey, 40 percent of our revenue came through trainings. Maybe in the next year, this year coming up, might not be able to budget at 40 percent. But we might be able to say we're at, we're going to be at 25 percent because that's, you know, as we climb out of this, but also that's what our previous records showed. So having that information readily available, the financials really help you to figure out what the future may look like for your industry. And then you talk about the Form 990, which you had talked about sure. earlier, yeah. your income for the fiscal year, mm-hmm. income sources for revenue. Yeah. Yeah, I can't state enough how important the 990 is, not in the sense of just filing, but also what I say, finding, finding your donors or those who may be attracted. One of the things that we teach in the No More Workshops is how do you read and interpret a 990 in order to find new supporters? Most people just file it as a document. Mm. What we say, get that information, it's freely given, you can go and find out, you know, if a foundation has to report using a 990, mm. you can pull down their 990 and figure out where they gave, where their revenue come from, you know, where were their sources at. Most of the time when, you know, we just look at it as a tax document, I look at it and say, hey, what can I glean from that information in order to determine maybe there's a donor that's supporting or an organization that's across town, but they may be interested in funding us as well. I often get that information right off of their 990. So we have these strategy sessions in the in the No More Workshops where we have a fake 990 and we do a workshop in a team and figure out what information that 990 is telling us and how that could benefit you know, our organization. And I would also like to note here that a lot of this information, the worksheets are also in the book. So Absolutely. you definitely want to grab that book yeah, and check yeah. it out. And online. You know, that particular one is online and uh, it's very helpful. So in closing, this is a lot of information. So for the person, the entrepreneur, um, the new business owner that's maybe feeling overwhelmed when it comes to the 70-30 principle or trying to figure it out, what is your one piece of advice that you could give them in starting? Sure. Know where your money is going. Being able to manage your expenses, your revenue versus your expenses, you know, obviously equals your net income. But most of the time when someone asks you, you know, what are your primary revenue sources, you know, your high levels of expenses, and you should be able to know that, you know, just similar to, you know, somebody that's working a job, they should be able to tell you, you know, every two weeks or every month, where's your money come from and what do you spend it on? It's really not that different than the context of a business. And oftentimes in a business or in a nonprofit, you are accountable for that as well. And oftentimes have to report. So again, know where your revenue's coming from, what funds you're spending out, and then obviously if you're generating, you know, a net revenue. 
And then the last question in closing is, I would like to ask you, what are some resources or methods, like practical resources or methods, apps that you have found helpful when it comes to all of this? I love Excel. Um, I love spreadsheets. Many of us have access to them. You can also get access to Google Sheets as well. And there are templates where you can literally download spreadsheets that have this information where you can just track hourly expenses for your employees to do a time audit as well. So I would say we use Excel, we use Google Sheets, and um, there's another tool that we love that we use too as well called Asana, which is a project management tool, but it has a time tracker. So if you're working on a particular client um, you know, or on a project, you can literally click and have it set up. Every 30 minutes, it will remind you to enter in what you just did on that particular client's project or whatever. And that allows you to determine, you know, how you're going to track, you know, if you're billing by the hour or maybe if you've done a budget with that client before, it allows you to know if you're going above budget or you're below budget as well. So those time trackers are really, really important. Thanks again for joining us today on KMNP Shift, where we discuss the unseen and unspoken barriers you must overcome to do your job. We are always happy to hear from you, so please reach out to us at www.entrenuity.com. Interested in booking a workshop on this content? Email us at infoentrenuity.com. Follow us on all social media channels at Entrenuity. And don't forget to grab a copy of your book, No More Nonprofits Moving from Dependency to Sustainability, available on Amazon. Until next time, this is your host, Liv Peterson with KMNP Shift.